Welcome to Very Honored Frater BT's Esoterra Nerd Podcast, Episode 17, in which I interview Very Honored Soarer M.D.S. and Very Honored Frater Yod Shin Yod of Thuban Temple and the Unified Order of the Golden Dawn in the Americas. But first... This episode is brought to you by the word aberration. 1. A departure from rational thought or behavior. From the Latin, aberare, to wander from. Ab, away, arare, to wander. It basically means to err, to make mistakes, or more specifically to have fixed ideas which are not true. The word is also used in its scientific sense. It means departure from a straight line. If a line should go from A to B, then if it is aberrated, it would go from A to some other point, 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 point, and finally arrive at B. Taken in its specific sense, it would also mean the lack of straightness, or to see crookedly, as, in example, a man sees a horse but thinks he sees an elephant. Aberrated conduct would be wrong conduct, or conduct not supported by reason. When a person has engrams, these tend to deflect what would be his normal ability to perceive truth and bring about an aberrated view of situations which then would cause an aberrated reaction to them. Aberration is opposed to sanity, which would be its opposite. 2. An aberrated person wanders from his self-determined course. He no longer goes where he wants to go, but goes where he has wanted to go in the past. His course is therefore not rational, and he seems to go wherever the environment pushes him. He has many aberrations, and he has hidden contra-survival decisions in his past. 3. Mental derangement. Any irrational conclusion. 4. The aberrees reactions to and difficulties with his current environment. 5. The manifestation of an engram, and is serious only when it influences the competence of the individual and his environment. 6. The degree of residual plus or minus randomity accumulated by compelling, inhibiting, or unwarranted assisting of efforts on the part of other organisms or the physical material universe. If you'd like to follow along at home with the tech support segment of the Esoteric Nerd Podcast, just go to Google and type in T-E-C-H-D-I-C-T dot P-D-F. The actual legacy of Frater X of the OTO. Now, you may not have known, but there actually is a baby in that bathwater. That being said, I do recommend staying away from the organization. It's like my friend said, Knowledge is free. We are anonymous. Expect us. The only thing I would add to that is Church of Scientology. I've spoken to the OTO. They still want their money and their boat back. I first heard about the Thuban Temple from Sean, who we met a few episodes ago, in Colorado. Thuban Temple is a private Golden Dawn Temple in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada, also servicing BC and the surrounding area. 
the alpha star of the constellation of Draconis, was chosen as its name to represent the Gnostic Serpent, representative of the active consideration of the higher aspirations of the soul, an ethic that is emphasized in that temple. Founded in 1999, it is patterned after the esoteric and fringe Masonic ideal of an occult mystery school, but one that also embraces the scientific method. Their membership is exclusively drawn from practicing magicians, actively concerned with the higher aspirations of their souls. The Star of Thuban may have been linked to the Egyptian belief in immortality, for as the ancient pole star was always central in the night sky, whoever built the Great Pyramid drew on the Osirian stars of Orion and Thuban in the construction of the central King's Chamber. While older archaeological theory attributes the builder to be the pharaoh Khufu, and assumes that the pyramid was built as an elaborate tomb, another perspective more popular with occult tradition states that the Great Pyramid is not a tomb at all, but a chamber used for initiation rituals of the priests and kings. And so, without further ado, let's get to that interview, shall we? Welcome to the Esoterra Nerd Podcast, Soror and Fratter. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Um, would you mind telling me a little bit about your names? My name is Mistar Dar Shikina, so Soror MDS, the secret and uh, hidden uh, center of the Shikina. So uh, beautiful. Uh, yeah, I think I think it was uh, appropriate. It reminds me of a scrying session in the vault once by with Elaine Simpson and Florence Farr. Do you remember that oh, one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a reference. And how about you, Frater? Mine is Yakita Shemesh Yatsira, the uh, true self's solar form. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Now that I think about it, I was like, okay, okay. I know each of these words separately, but yeah, putting them together, it's nice. It's very it's very beautiful how, how we, it's like a new level of of haiku poetry like get, getting getting these these higher names these mottos to aspire to and uh, there's just mm. there's so much in it yeah the 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 terms shemesh as in the sun mm -hmm. it uh, it's also the root word for samson you know shimshin mm. and um the root word for uh for i as in the sun as an eye and uh, so it has a lot of uh a lot of potent meaning sort of built into it. So it was, it was something that, um, that I thought about for some time. And then, of course, you know, when we analyze our mottos together, we come up with new things afterwards. So. Like comparing zodiacal charts. Yeah, it's like, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's why you do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can compare your birth chart with your initiation chart, with your second order initiation chart, and it, get, it gets all wacky. <laughs> Yeah, it can get pretty fancy. I like uh, the the Hebrew. Maybe it's an esoteric nerd pun. Shemesh, the name of fire. I think it's a different spelling, though. Yeah, I think um, Aish is uh, fire or ash. So it'd be and, Shemesh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it could. You know what? There could be a root word in there. We should look that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love I love playing with that. Shem also uh, refers to the name. You know, so it's that Hebrew word for the name. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, Shemaim is the heavens, and Shemot 
is the plural form of the of 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 name but if you were to have a, a plural form of name that had a masculine ending rather than a feminine ending then it would be the word they use for heavens and uh, in modern Judaism it's quite common to uh, refer to the deity as Hashem so the name right it's a similar appellation to Adonai right so, yeah because as in, it's as in the Lord since it's inappropriate to refer to yod heh vav uh, you know, by some form of pronunciation, hence why we spell it out usually when, we, uh, when we're vibrating mm -hmm. in ceremony. Yeah, you, you were right. This is the esoteric nerd. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what can you tell me about uh, each of your knowledge and, and experience with uh, esoterica and, and magic, Golden Dawn, Thalema? I, I just I wanted to open up to you for a minute to just t tell me a little bit about yourselves. Well, we've been doing this pretty much almost all our lives. You know, a lot of practitioners out there I, I seem to start at a very young age, and we're no different. You know, I was 15 when I started, so I've been in this for maybe 17 years now, and I just really couldn't imagine my life uh, any other way. Um, I mean, personally, myself, I was like a lot of the teenagers in the, in the 90s that uh, sort of got involved when the internet exploded and went from uh, a lot of these really bad, you know, uh, GIF and MIDI sites where people had uh, all these different sort of um, clusters of rituals and uh, I just poured through them all and um, had an ever-growing book collection. So uh, definitely... Um, have that nerd part covered because that's, that's pretty much all I did as a teenager. I didn't go to shopping malls. I didn't go to movies or, or anything else. I yeah. actually had a, a lock on my door and I would just set myself to doing a, uh, I got a copy of Donald Craig's uh, Modern Magic mm -hmm. and I just did the coursework all the way through and uh, eventually, you know, I got my results and it was working for me and, um, eventually moved across Canada and came all the way over to, to BC because I'm originally from Ontario. So uh, for a while there, um, I was uh, doing my own solo Golden Dawn work and eventually got into Thelema. Mm -hmm. uh, I was very involved with sort of European witchcraft and doing sort of more uh, uh, folk tradition magic for quite some time. Um, so not necessarily Wicca, um, although um, quite 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 a few of us, you know, have had our um, encounters with that or worked it with Wicca for a while. But that really wasn't my thing. I was always a, a more of a ceremonialist, and so uh, for the past about six years now, I um, have been running Pagans and Mystics of BC. It's a meetup group and we put on workshops and have coffee socials. We get together and people sort of trade information and uh, network and it's it's great to be able to share different backgrounds and cultures and I, I love, I just love learning about everybody's uh, different traditions and what they have to bring to the table. Uh, so uh, the past two years, uh, and myself here have been working together quite uh, closely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're gonna have to edit out that name there, Sorry. darling. Oh, I'll, I'll I'll use a bleep. That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then, right. but I'll leave in this part. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So for the past uh, two years, 
Frater Yudshinyan and myself have been working together uh, quite closely. We had met through some mutual connections, and um, uh, since I already had a background uh, in in uh, Golden Dawn, it was just natural that uh, we we began working together as a team. Yeah, all of this uh, all of this experience that she's gathered all happened before her neophyte. So nice. You know, sometimes that happens. Yeah, you, you get someone that's uh, that's well versed. I mean, even the the Craig's booklet. I mean, the book say what you want about uh, about different curriculums, but that book does definitely get someone ready for adepthood. It does. And, um, you know, and there's nuances in the different names and titles in there um, that, um, you know, some of them, Golden Dawn has updated itself quite a bit in, over the years. So, you know, we were very lucky when uh, when she joined. She actually brought an entire working group of people uh, with her into the order. Hmm. Uh, which was remarkable, and they, you know, she set up an entire new temple um, based on on the group that they were already working with. So that's great, um, pretty exciting. Yeah. So for myself, um, um, I've been been doing this for a few decades as well. Um, started at a very early age. Um, my parents were actually um, esotericists uh, themselves as well. Hmm, like so I. Pardon me? You and I are second generation. Yeah, I, I guess that's what you could call it. Yeah, and um, so it uh, it kind of gave me a bit of a head start. Um, the um, I studied um, as a teenager and uh, early twenties. I studied a variety of subjects, including Golden Dawn. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of Druidism, um, other types of paganism, uh, Greek and Roman studies, tarot. Um, got teachers uh cabalistic teachers as well as I got older you know I'm I'm always uh taking new courses I'm always learning I've been doing golden dawn for about 25 years now and um the um the order the temple uh, Thuban temple we started that in 99 mm-hmm. and it's been uh, it's been running through so this is our 15th year and uh meeting meeting uh monthly uh, for ceremonies, and uh, it's, it's a whole train, you know. Oftentimes, uh, if somebody says they're going to be uh, late for something, I say, well, you know, we've met on this night now for 10 years. And give them a bit of a hard time. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows uh, when the, the next workshop or, or lecture is, because we have a, a, a pretty consistent calendar. So Yeah, excellent. What makes the Hermetic Society of the Golden Dawn and Thuban Temple different from other orders? I would say that um, our emphasis is on uh, education and fraternity. And by that, we have a bit of a different approach. You know, um, a lot of the orders out there, um, that I, I do believe they are doing good work. I've met people from a variety of places. But what makes us different is um, we tend to not be as concerned about getting new candidates through. You know, we are interested in the Golden Dawn as an initiatory mm-hmm. system. Uh, but pretty much our focus is on solid education for the members that we have. Um, we're we're more concerned about getting a good fit with a member, so that the um, sort of the lowest common denominator is actually quite high. Um, we're mainly education based. Uh, we do a lot of lectures. We have a tarot class that runs every week. Um, we have we do. Um, a ritual every month or a ceremony, I should say, 
Um, there's a lot of papers. Uh, we've been we've been lucky to network and uh, cooperate with some of the other Golden Dawn orders out there. So that makes makes us um, um, the, sort of the beneficiary of a lot of older older material and things like that that are not necessarily in print. So we've been very lucky to uh, be part of that tradition, uh, sort of a, the modern paper tradition. We have a lot of cooperation um, with the uh, the other adepts okay. and writers from other traditions. Like for example, uh, Nick Farrell um, and Aaron Leach mm -hmm. and um, Samuel Scarborough uh, all wrote a little bit for the uh, Adept Magic book that I put out. Nice. So they were very supportive that way. Um, the Ciceros wrote the introduction for it. Um, so there's there's quite a bit of peace and cooperation and friendship in the Golden Dawn community. Oh, that's and, great. Um, there's lots of, of information sharing, and um, it's uh, it's really a wonderful thing. So That's great. That's good to hear. Uh, yeah, and then on the fraternity side of it, um, what makes us a bit different is that um, anyone can can offer a lecture. We have like it's we don't call it open mic, but it's that sort of idea. Um, membership means that um, you're in the order, uh, you're equal to everyone else. Um, the way that our our hierarchy works is that the grades are much like school grades are, in that you know you've worked on certain courses, you've completed them, you've moved on to the next grade. So, you know, we, we all, this might sound a bit cliche, but really, we're all neophytes. Yeah. You know, we're all learning. And um, that's the, the type of attitude that we want to promote in, in the Hermetic Society of the Golden Dawn. And um, Thuban Temple in particular. Well, I've always enjoyed that um, the members and uh, a lot of... Um, people at various grade levels have been able to contribute uh, with their own skills and expertise. So if somebody's an expert in astrology, then they offer a, a, a series of lectures based on that. Somebody's great at I Ching, so they do an I Ching lecture. It's fantastic. Um, I Ching, you know, obviously not being a topic that was uh, quite central to the Golden Dawn, but it's another skill that we can uh, put under our belts and yeah. uh, share with one another. So we try to promote this ever-growing um, sort of community with, within our uh, temple uh, connections where people will visit other temples and do lectures and workshops and um, help sort of uh, expand other people's um, sort of breadth of knowledge and share their experience so that way we have a healthy growing community where people are allowed to develop uh, new areas of research and write new rituals and actually have a, a good firm foundation under their feet in which to build their um, esoteric career if, if you will within the within the temples so uh, so far it's you know, I've, I'm really excited to have all these uh, beautiful, wonderful people who have worked with us tirelessly to build these temples and come together with sort of the same um, sort of dream and uh, goal to uh, uphold uh, the tradition of the Golden Dawn and further it. I think that uh, the community that we have built around us is uh, the future of the Golden Dawn. I really believe in these people. They're they're just wonderful faces to have around. 
Can you sense there's a lot of love here? <laughs> well, I'm convinced. It's, it's pouring out of it. Yeah. Oh, tear, right? Tear. So, so how does how does the unified order of the Golden Dawn work? Well, that's a different creature entirely. Mm-hmm. So, the Hermetic Society of the Golden Dawn is is our order. It's it is based out of Canada. Um, it has curriculum. It has uh, paperwork. You know everything that one would expect upon joining a a magical order. Mm-hmm. But the Unified Order of the Golden Dawn is a different creature entirely. Um, that is an organization um, more like a confederation. Um, other orders, other Golden Dawn orders, can join on an order level, not on a membership level. And it's a network to facilitate um, two things. Visiting between temples from different orders. And the second thing is uh, the sharing of the further, the deeper sharing of knowledge and paperwork, um, papers that people have write, experiments that they do. And um, now much of this exists already uh, in the Golden Dawn community in a, in a kind of informal way. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, It's a way of formalizing that. This is a way of formalizing that. So entire orders have signed on. Um, there's currently five different orders that have um, joined the Unified Order of the Golden Dawn. Now, are you allowed uh, to say which ones? Yes, we are. Oh, good. There's um, the Order of the Golden Dawn in Colorado. So that's Thothom and Ra. Oh, right. Temple. We met him earlier. <laughs> there is uh, the uh, Atum Kefri Temple in Seattle, which is also currently um, in the title Order of the Golden Dawn. Okay. Um, but they're, uh, they're a distinct order from... Um, Colorado, and um, Atum Kefri is uh, it's currently using the open source rituals. Okay, but they're um, they're not affiliated to the open source order. Um, well, that's sort of in also, the spirit of open source, I'd say. I think yeah. I think open source would approve of that. Yeah, <laughs> there is there's a um, a new temple in Vancouver, mm-hmm. uh, which we're uh, we're not going to name right now because they're in their uh, first year of operation Ooh. and. Uh, they have their hands full uh, right now. Wow. Uh, so. How mysterious. I, I bet I know them, whoever they are. I, I know a lot of uh, Vancouver Golden Dawners. Or at least I, I might have known one of their teachers well, or friends. we are at Liberty <laughs> to say is um, that was the former study group that I was, was running. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's probably a different group. So they were, we were previously known as Feather of Matt, and now it's transferred and, be, and become something more. So, nice. But I think that you would be pleasantly surprised, uh, uh, Edward. Oh, yeah? <laughs> about who's in, in that group. Oh, now. good. Oh, good. Yeah. So, um, and then uh, there's also um, um, Temple of Isis in, uh, in Rio de Janeiro. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Rio de... Wait, temp, there's, a, there's a traditional Golden Dawn temple in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil? That is correct. Oh, great news. Oh, finally. That's great news, but I might—I'm probably already in touch with them because I have a lot of Brazilians on my friends list. I just don't wasn't aware there was a traditional order down there. I'll have to check. I'll follow the link and then I'll. Uh... Well, the uh, the front man for that is um, Frater Renatus Lux Casta. Okay, yeah, I think and, we're friends. Um, yeah, he's he is a fantastic individual, as are all of the other you know unnamed uh, chiefs from the from the orders we just mentioned. So. So um, there's a number of study groups that each of these um, temples has around them. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there's also um, other temples that are, are just opening now that we, um, or have in the last year, as in the case of Vancouver. So um, anybody in the Vancouver area can send us an email at foodbentemple.com. Um, but, you know, like I said, we're not really looking for uh, intakes of members. Uh, what we're looking to do is um, really put on excellent ceremonies and provide the education. So, so this growth has been, been um, it's been organic. It's been slow. It's been steady. It's taken years to do. And it's only this year, actually on this podcast, that we're uh, announcing it publicly. There's a little blurb about that um, on the Adept Magic book and, and not much else. So it's, it's more about the work. Um, we will eventually put out a website. But, um, you heard it here first, right? everybody. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> I know I wanted to just to give everyone a little bit of background here because I know there's people of a, a variety of uh, levels of experience. There's people who are completely new to all of this. Um, now, in the order where I came from, for one reason or another, probably because of individual assholes, um, we had sort of this feeling. Now, I came from a traditional Golden Dawn order, quote unquote. Uh, and we uh, had this sense that there was still this big grudge between the Thalamites and the traditional Golden Dawn people, and uh, that it had to be one or the other, it couldn't be both. And then at one point, uh, Chick Cicero actually came out, and he told us a story about how once upon a time he was running an, o an OTO oasis, and then he started building a vault and practicing traditional Golden Dawn based on Rigardi's book. And then Grady McMurdy, who I believe was head of the OTO at the time, came to his house to see the oasis and saw the vault and said, what are you doing? You can't do both. And then Riz Israel Rigardi came to his house and said, wait, you're doing an OTO oasis too? No, you can't do both. And so I found out that you guys are doing both. And so I was wondering if you could uh, talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah, if I could leave Absolutely. it just open to there. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be happy to, uh, to speak a little bit to... Uh... The different currents. Um, so, uh, Frater Yedshenyun and, and myself, mm -hmm. um, uh, actually, when we both met, um, I, I should probably, um, you know, put out there that, that we are a couple. Um, <laughs> and when we uh, did connect, I was uh, an active dues uh, current member of the OTO doing mass on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I did mass just about twice a month for years uh, with uh, their lovely priests who um, have been doing it for over 20 years of their life. Mm -hmm. um, so I uh, connected with them and um, we had actually... I had been uh, trying to find people who would come with me to a local pagan pride day out here on the island and present the mass for pagans so that they could sort of see where they get drawing down the moon and the great rite from. And they go, oh, that's that poetry right there. It's exactly, you know, mm. word for word. Now I understand and, and uh, have a deeper appreciation yeah. for their rituals. Uh, which are valid in their own right. Um, I, I love the Mass. I believe it's beautiful. And I st we still perform it uh, to this day. So we're both current members of the OTO, and we're happy with it. Uh, but we do keep that separate because the two currents can exist and coincide with each other separately. 
Um, my motto in the OTO is I even have a separate motto that I identify myself with there. Uh, and I have my Golden Dawn motto because uh, I, I feel that both currents uh, are valid in their own right. They're both powerful systems to work with, and I, I honor them equally. There is no reason for any friction or to believe that uh, either system is better than the other. They both uh, have, their, have their own unique purpose, and they both add to the individual in their own way. So there really is no reason for anybody in either order to be putting each other down, because we can both coincide and with one another and swap stories and sit in the same room and uh, be okay that that person has a different belief system than I do. Because right. how many different people are there in the world that have different belief systems? Yeah. There's no one true religion here, right? Like if there's a source of creation, I don't believe it really cares what religion you are. I think it cares what quality of hu a human being you are and how you treat others. And so as long as I'm treating people well in the you know, and I'm treating people well in the Golden Dawn. I'm okay with me, and I'm okay with my my practice, and uh, all the lovely people that I'm in both orders. So, um, very well said. Yeah, beautiful. And you know, we're we're not uh, running an body per se. Right. So I I too have heard that uh, great uh, story, and you know. When I go to do an officer role in Golden Dawn for myself, um, that would not be a six-month span where I would also sign on to be a, an initiator in say, the local Masonic temple that I also belong to right. or, or have you because, you know, there's a lot of commitment involved in running a group. And I also think that energetically speaking, we do make our choices. Um, but as far as OTO goes there's a definite current of energy there but it's not it's not the same work that we do in golden dawn in golden dawn there's initiations there's tool building um, there's study um oto is more of a social group mm. they don't offer magical instruction okay they have initiation and advancements um there's very little tool building uh, crowley states in uh in various places, such as Confessions of Aleister Crowley, his uh, famous autohagiography, that he really designed OTO to be put on, um, as the ceremonies to be put on with very little money and resources required, and to still be first-rate ceremonies. So, you know, in Vancouver, there's Shakespeare's Bard on the Beach, and uh, yeah. a lot of the OTO ceremonies can, can be done. With a blue candle and a red candle and a curtain. With, yeah, a few a few simple items. You yeah, know? and um, so, but Golden Dawn is not a creature like that. Golden Dawn, um, in the way that that we have promoted, it, it there's it's examination based. There's papers written. Um, every grade has tests. Um, you know, like the examination to pass in HSGD is you have to hit ninety percent. You know, it's a ninety percent pass. It was ninety five, but um, um, you know they bargained me down five. <laughs> so ours was 85 but we had a lot different. of questions <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go yeah, yeah. So, so this is so you know this is the the type of creature that golden dawn is it's yeah if you think about it as a as a deck of cards you have to be playing with a full deck in order for this okay <laughs> well that's interesting you know? that's interesting and, you, know, insight. you have to know all the symbols right 
it makes me think that if someone, uh, it's good to have the Golden Dawn there available for someone who's a member of the OTO who wants to get a little deeper and think, well, what was going on in Crowley's head? Well, I can walk the path he walked. I can go through the ceremonies he went through exactly at preserved in, uh, as we say, in the uh, confession, right? And with uh, becoming reverence. Absolutely. I think it would only um, deepen people's uh, appreciation uh, to study Golden Dawn and then study Thelema on top of that. And yeah. you go, oh, well, that, that is where Liber Libre came from. It was on the, uh, the general, general gui- on the general guidance and purification of the soul. soul. From the Practicus package? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if there's a uh, W.B. Yeats fan club in town, you should get them involved, too. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's great because it's a good history lesson for you anyway. Yeah. You realize that Crowley built on the shoulders of the masters, as they say. Right, right. right. He took what he was going on in, in his time. In a unique direction, his own direction, right? Like, we can learn the traditional and classic methods of Golden Dawn, and you can build on that yourself and do your own thing. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Excellent. Yeah. So, we don't really, there's a phrase um, I like to use, you know, we don't really um, pay attention to what orders people belong to. Yeah. Uh, it, it helps to it's know. It's like privacy. It is privacy. It helps to know what they are, and it helps to know if someone takes on responsibility in one of those organizations. Right, if they're going to be For busy example, on a certain night or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and in Canada, we have uh, a charitable organization named uh, United Way that I've actually um, helped uh, over the years uh, several times uh, by uh, volunteering time. You yeah. know, during that time period, Mm-hmm. I should not be sitting as a temple hierophant, you know, because I'm busy. Yeah. And, um, and so that's kind of where we go with that. You know, I, I understand that Regardi and McMurtry, they're, they're like the patriarchs of the, of the Western tradition. You know, we invoke their names and their wisdom. Um, but I think, I think we can, we can uh, go our own way a little bit on that. And, uh, and, and if, if something's working, it's working. If it's not working, then, uh, then we need to make amends, right? So. I was wondering if if you guys might be able to comment, because I've spoken to a few people from a Thalamic background who have either stated openly or stated that, you know, as a question, you know, about Crowley and Thalema making the Golden Dawn irrelevant, rendering the Golden Dawn and, and Hermeticism prior to him irrelevant. I honestly am not sure what they mean because I don't have enough of a background in Crowley's teachings. Do you know what they mean, and uh, why are they wrong? <laughs> yeah, well, there's a there's a line in the Book of the Law that says, "Abrogate are all rituals." Oh, so he's playing off the equi- the line from the equinox. the The previous word, the password has been abrogated. Exactly. Huh. So, and um, you know, Rahur Queed hath taken his seat in the east at the equinox of the gods. That's that's the line. And and younger Crowley, um, once he started promoting the Book of the Law. Um, I think I think he had a lot of a lot of um, steam to work off. Yeah, you know, he there was a lot of relationship um, issues in the fraternity at the time, as we all know from the history of uh, of these different organizations. And um, as Paul Foster Case had a similar experience in the later later time period in the 30s with the Alpha and Omega and working with uh, Moina Mathers at that time mm-hmm. after uh, Mathers' death. After Samuel Mather's death, right. and um, Dion Fortune also went her own way. These sort of things happen, and um, oftentimes magicians were very genuine, particularly when we're in our twenties and thirties. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we interpret, interpret things maybe a too much. And um, different journals, uh, entries from the people I just mentioned, they all seem to feel like the current had left at the time. And, um, you know, I've, I've felt that way when I'm in an organization where there's a bit of going on. Yeah. And maybe there needs to be some more fraternity or healing. Um, and, but, you know, I've also felt that way um, going through school. And, <laughs> you know, there's a certain point where you think, you know, am I ever going to get this done? Yeah. And um, <clears throat> sometimes people go a different route. Sometimes they finish what they're working on. Sometimes they, they take a different educational path. But sort of to make a long story short, I think that <clears throat> older Crowley was a bit more mature. Uh, in uh, Perturabo by Kaczynski, um, hopefully I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, mm-hmm. um, uh, a recent biography, you know, recent as in the last 10 or 15 years, mm-hmm. um, he, he talks about something Crowley said about the magical signs when he was speaking to one of his students. And uh, so at the end of Crowley's life, um, someone was discussing the signs, the great signs with him. And he's, instead of talking about its abrogate, instead of talking about how he is now the head of the Rosicrucian Order, that's young Crowley. Hmm. Older Crowley says, those signs are originally from Golden Dawn, and I have been using them for the better part of 40 years. I have squatter's rights. <laughs> so, you know, Thelemites, um, it's, uh, it's energetic, it's a young thing. It's an exciting thing. Even the older members of Thelema, there's a passion about them. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just I saw just uh, Lon that... Milo Duquette and uh, David Carabine playing guitar and a, a bunch of uh, very young-spirited older people at uh, a bar on Sunset the other night. Oh, those guys are a riot. They're wonderful when they're in town. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there's an energy about it. And um, I think it's pretty easy when we're passionate to be a bit maybe a bit zealous, and we find that in the Golden Arm too. It's, it's not something that's isolated to any one order. And um, so harmony is better. I think if you can learn something from a system, that's better. Um, recently, we heard Hymenaeus Beta speak, so outer head of the OTO. And you really get the impression that the culture in OTO is, is changing a little bit. Um, and uh, now, I personally dispute that other systems don't have energy when something new has come along. You know, no one would say that Hinduism is defunct now that Buddhism exists. (laughs) Well, and it's sort of rude when they say that Judaism is defunct now that Christianity exists. (laughs) Well, you said that one, not me. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard it said. (laughs) I've heard it said too. And, and, uh, you know, most, I would say most Jews would disagree with that. Oh, (laughs) yeah. But I think they would say that Judaism renders older forms of Judaism, which includes a goddess, irrelevant. (laughs) Right. Or or possibly um, various pagan religions. Yeah, exactly. The Egyptian um, gods are seen as uh, clipothic. Yeah, they smashed a statue of Hathor once. Yeah. And bragged about it. You know, this is just this is just normal. Yeah. Uh, But uh, like echoing what Regardi said, you know, in. um, I think it's what, what you should know about the Golden Dawn. If you want magical training, Golden Dawn is the place. Yeah. I can concur with that. Um, I feel that a lot of my own studies personally were furthered uh, when you know I, I came to this temple and 
uh, I brought a lot of uh, my people with me and uh, we all started working together to share the experience we already had and then to uh, fill in any of the blanks where we might have uh, missed along the way. So it was uh, really a growing experience. I think the the main thing about these different traditions and systems uh, is that it's a very personal experience and journey and this is why we don't talk about initiations or uh, put out what our our personal experience is you know it's supposed to be to know to will to dare to be silent we're silent for a reason because you're supposed to be able to go you can't go if you're always uh, putting you're, you're judging another person's experience and trying to validate your own at, at their expense. Artists are some of the best mystics out there putting these things in movies and music and they are just as connected to uh, a lot of these uh, old school practitioners who have you know been doing um, Liber Samek or Abramelin. They have their own connection to that divine and they are expressing it through their passion, through their, their love in, in life and art. And uh, musicians are, are artists in their own right, just uh, as, as any sculptor or painter or dancer is. We're just expressing it in a very particular and uh, ceremonial way. Yeah. Right? So um, really what it is is we need to put that part of ourselves aside and say, yeah, like, all these grades and everything, it's just going through school. It's just helping us learn and work on ourselves. That's what we need to be focused on. And uh, whether you're a neophyte or you're second order or whatever you're at, um, we're still here working on ourselves. And people in, uh, in other orders or higher grades can still have the same level problems as, as people who are just beginning right like think of the problem of, of or the advice of the fool you, you know the fool should be encouraged in his folly because sometimes you can't really tell people that um you know there 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 is a lesson or an initiation to be taught or learned only their higher source can tell right. them that so, and they have to be ready to to wake up and realize it so when we take people in and, and they come into our fold we encourage that potential in them and the real initiation is really you've, you've gone through your neophyte or whatever grade and it all plays out throughout that year <laughs> it really is like a domino's effect one after the other and nothing can prepare you for that it, it really it's a life-changing event it really is so um yeah it's uh it's it's really a pleasure to be able to connect with yeah, you likewise. On, uh, various subjects. Yeah, I like there. I like clearing the air out and <laughs> and kind of you know rending another veil for another new age to see another you know what shenanigans we've been up to in the age of Pisces now that it's the age of Aquarius and and then there's other new things happening that I don't know about that 300 years from now someone's going to be digging up and going wow this was going on in this basement somewhere but I'm still stuck on stuff going on 130 years ago. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think at this point in history, you know, um, going back to the the old Thelema GD debate, um, it, there really is no debate there. It's an illusion. It's something we've created ourselves as human beings yeah. and people. There, it's only because uh, 
one person decided that this system was more effective for them. Um, it's not because the other system doesn't work. It's just that system isn't speaking to you personally, right. to, to your spirit and, or who you are. If OTO doesn't speak to someone in GD, who cares? Yeah, it's sort of that football team mentality. Yeah, well, I always find, you know, it's more important to concentrate on your own progress. Yeah, exactly. Then worry about what that guy's doing or the next guy's doing or, or that guy. It's it's you. Why are you getting distracted with all this other um, uh, events going on around you when the most important thing in your world should be your own attainment? And that is how you get there is by keeping your eye on the you know, you may not get a full strike, but by God, if you get a shot, you're not going to get a gutter ball. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So, um, so uh, what can yeah. you tell us about uh, the new book from Carabine Press, Adept Magic in the Golden Dawn Tradition? Yeah, the, the uh, Adept Magic in the Golden Dawn Tradition is uh, some of our preliminary inner order papers. Um, when uh, for our, for our vault, mm -hmm. so when when your uh, your new adept receives all of the traditional material and works through it, builds their tools and does some work, works on the actual um, formula, so the magical formula of the neophyte grade Z two, uh, as well as Z one and Z three. Mm -hmm. This is an addendum to those those topics, so it, it kind of picks up where they left off. Okay. Um, it presents some um, some new paradigms around uh, the neophyte hall. Um, the classic paradigm is the lower half of the tree of life, um, but in adept magic, there's a number of things. It talks about um, sort of lesser seen aspects of the lamans and scepters. Um, but there's another paradigm there that's erotic. Uh, it talks about planetary paradigms uh, around the officers themselves, as well as um, different positions they take up. Uh, particularly, there's the uh, uh, initiates will know there's the hexagram positioning mm -hmm. in the neophyte ritual in the Stella Matutina. Um, it wasn't something that was done in the original order, hmm. uh, but it's uh, it's something that's uh, it's quite beautiful. And uh, most of the modern temples do it. Um, yeah, and so on. I, I, I didn't realize it wasn't um, from the original Golden Dawn. Interesting. No, it's not. It's not. And um, the, so, so there's a lot of little tidbits of information like that in the book. Mm -hmm. um, there's a comparison between similar Masonic degrees and Golden Dawn first degree, which is the Outer Order. And um, it really gets into scepters that are common between both the Masonic uh, orders um, and uh, Golden Dawn. It talks about um, similarity in officers' duties. Um, there's uh, sections where I've found you know, information in, in older Masonic books that would be current with uh, Westcott and Mathers that um, describe uh, the Egyptian mysteries. So... The way that, and also the, the Eleusinian mysteries. So the way the Golden Dawn is organized is um, sort of around the Masonic perception of what these older mysteries might have been like. Right. And um, as, as you probably have noticed. And so I very carefully, just using the neophyte uh, opening, mm -hmm. go through and compare exactly where 
Um, this has been taken from Masonic literature. Nice. Uh, there's also a section about different Egyptian gods and uh, in Masonic literature and how it relates to the god forms. Um, Golden Dawn's unique because it has a magical uh, connotation that Freemasonry um, has never had. Hmm. Uh, but Freemasonry is definitely an esoteric subject. And um, so when a Golden Dawn Hierophant goes and builds a god form before anyone gets in there, Nothing like that happens in Freemasonry. But on an academic level, you can see that, you know, the Golden Dawn definitely builds off of some of the source information. So this is a, this is a, a pretty um, in-depth book. I, I could go on for hours about it, mm -hmm. but you know, people, should, people should just read it. <laughs> what's, the, uh, what's the best way to pick it up where you get the most of the, you know, of the cut? Oh, I haven't got a clue. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, are I, you selling it directly or through Amazon? or? Yeah, you can get it through Amazon. You could. Um, I would hazard a guess that if people went to caribimpress.com mm -hmm. uh, and clicked on the link through there, there's probably some kind of floating bag of cookies or however it works. <laughs> and, but yeah, caribimpress.com, it also has... Uh, my bio, as well as uh, some of the endorsements. So now I have a, a friend who's a fretter in uh, in an order here in town, and he wanted me to ask if you had any upcoming books and when we can expect to see it on the Caribbean Press. Um, I do have an upcoming book up right now. I'm uh, working on uh, a new book. They it has a working title. It's uh, uh, King Solomon's Temple. And the magic of the golden dawn. Nice. And uh, it's on the Zelda ritual. So the first book was on the uh, the Nephite formula, really drilling down in in detail. And the second book, I'm I'm attempting to do the same um, with the Zelda. That sounds great. I uh, I actually wrote an article once uh, in 2001 called "The uh, Tabernacle in the Wilderness and the Temple in Malkut." which if you look up Temple and Malkut, it goes to a page on the Golden Dawnpedia, and it, and it still says VH Frater BT. I was like, oh my god, I didn't realize that I had uh, written the definition on Golden Dawnpedia for the, for the Temple and Malkut. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah. I'm going to go click on that. Cool, cool. <laughs> All right, well, it, it was absolutely lovely speaking with you both. Thank you for having us. Um... Absolutely. Do you have any questions for me or anything else you wanted to bring up before we close? Well, I think uh, just before we sign off here, and I would probably like to uh, um, announce that we're expecting our first child. We're about five months along, and uh, it's a kicker. Congratulations. So, uh, pretty soon here, we're going to have a little wizard joining the team. <laughs> You'll have to bleep out that name. We are so excited about this baby, though. You have no idea. <laughs> Frater Yashinyan and myself are, are expecting our, our first child. A little Frater or Sore will be joining us. Yeah, we're going to have to pick out their motto. <laughs> so you don't just pick out a name if you're a wizard. You pick out their motto and everything. <laughs> when, when your parents are part of the Golden Dawn. One time I, I was at a particular temple, and I won't say too much. All I'll say is that there was a little baby named Yates. And, oh, yes. and he had a little black robe and a little nemesis and little red socks that his oh, his mommy and his daddy had made just for him. Oh. We're <laughs> gonna have to bite bite that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. So um, yeah, we're very excited. We're very pleased. That's excellent. That's great news. Light in extension. Light in extension, brother. Thank you for speaking to me on the Esoteric Nerd podcast.
Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. It was lovely to meet you, Frater and Soren. I look forward to speaking to you again. If there's anybody out there who thinks that that's a good idea, you know, a, a unified order where you could have a Theoricus in your order go to a Theoricus initiation at the temple of maybe a different order for a change, what a concept. You see it done, the same rituals done in a different way. I'd suggest getting in touch with this guy, Frater Yod Shinyod, and ask him how you might get involved in this unified order. I remember my old proctor, very honored Frater AKHV, used to talk about how nice it would be to drive into a town and see that sign that says the Rotary Club, the Kiwanis Club, Freemasons, Golden Dawn meets here. Well, we'll see. It's up to us to uh, choose the form of the unfolding of the Age of Aquarius, or the Aeon of Horus, if you're into that sort of thing. And so, oh, Frater Yod Shinyod wanted me to mention, he forgot to mention, uh, check out the Hermetic Society of the Golden Dawn Facebook group. And of course, many, many thanks to all of the people whose sound bites I've stolen to make this episode just a little bit more fun. Please direct all cease and desist orders to uh, edward.c.reeb at gmail.com. And if you'd like to be a guest on our show, feel free to contact me there on Facebook or call me at 626-367-9254. Thank you all for tuning in. Good night.